I also think as a kid, I didn't understand that you can be hurt in more ways than one. <laughs> so I think that growing up, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be abused. I'm going to have great relationships. I'm going to have the healthiest relationships. I'm going to be the one that models what a relationship should look like. So I'm putting all this little pressure on myself as a little kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm going to be the one, you know, I'm going to be the one that thrives in love. Um, so I was very hopeful. And I think the way that I operated was, okay, if there's chaos, if I grew up seeing chaos and my and delicious my mom had, I'm gonna be the opposite. I'm gonna be peace. And I thought that peace was um not being confrontational, you know, like keeping my feelings in, like don't say anything that may make the other person mad. Like I thought all these things were peace and it actually was not like Hey you, welcome to the Surrender to Thrive podcast, a podcast that centers the life experiences of Black healers, wellness professionals, and creatives. I'm Melanie, founder of Surrender to Thrive and relationship and trauma therapist. And I'm Victoria, licensed professional counselor and founder of Trust Between Us, a safe place to store your thoughts. Every week, we'll be sitting down with folks from our community to have intimate conversations and take a holistic and honest dive into what it means to be well in life, love, and business. So get comfy and join us for this week's episode. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Surrender to Thrive podcast. We're your host, Mel. <laughs> my bad, my bad. I thought you was I listen. Okay, let's start start from the top. In Vic. I was just like, what she waiting on? Ooh, it, be, it be throwing me off when I don't so see you. When it comes to doing this now. Oh my God. Oh man. It's okay. We're 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 Mel and Vic. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> and today, um, you know, obviously you see the title is How Therapy Helped Me Change My Approach to Dating and Relationships. So we're going to get into another topic that aligns with our dating and love theme for October. And we wanted to you know, put the spotlight on our journey when it comes to dating and relationships, um, our struggles, things that may be still uncertain for us, uh, and just trying to navigate it all because it's real out here. It is real. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> it's exciting. But it can get frustrating at times. Um, and it can be difficult, too, when if we are being honest with ourselves, some of the things that um, come up for us as far as, like, things that just feel difficult for us based on, like, past experiences, childhood things, you know, all that stuff. So we're just going to get into it. It's not any, you know, order or anything. But I do want to start with, like, Talking about childhood, you know, and how we may attempt to resolve childhood wounds in our romantic relationships. Um, so for you, Vic, um, when I said this question, what came up for you? Or when I asked this question, what came up for you? I think the first thing that came up was like thinking about how we show up in general, you know, like how yeah. I show up in platonic relationships, romantic relationships, and then like my my view and idea of what relationships 
should or shouldn't be. So that's like mm-hmm. the very first thing that came to my mind. So thinking about how, you know, you have some people who may have seen uh, their parents get abused. And from that, they knew, like, I don't ever want to be this way. Or from that, they took that and said, OK, well, I'm going to be women, too, because that's what love is. Mm-hmm. So, you know, just thinking about from the male perspective of the people, the males that I've met in my life, uh, just like my uncles, my dad, you know, and then just friendships that I've had to where they kind of experience some type of domestic violence, you know, um, through their parents, you know, seeing that and then their idea of love and shaping who they are today. So, you know, my idea of relationships in general came a lot from things that I was already taught, you know, vicariously through my parents or things that I just picked up on that I thought a relationship should be from probably media somewhere because you know everything we learn and do in life is from somewhere whether we realize where it's from or not it comes from somewhere so that was just my first thought yeah well that's pretty much the same um as far as like our parents are our first role models so mm-hmm. they are modeling behaviors that we are ultimately going to pick up whether we <laughs> want to or not or are conscious of it or not um, and like you said, I don't think if we're talking about like men, like seeing certain things or even women seeing like abusive relationships and being like, OK, I'm going to grow up and abuse people. I think it's just, you know, like I said, <laughs> subconscious, like it's it's I don't think they intentionally like want to do that. But that's something that um, that can happen or it might be the opposite side, at least for me um, growing up on one end. It's like I seen one parent who. Um, definitely got into community relationships, but they were not the healthiest. Um, they were devalued a lot in their relationship. They were emotionally and physically and mentally abused in those relationships. And seeing how the dynamic was like, oh, we fight, we we call each other names, it's a lot of chaos. We may call the police on each other, and then maybe a day or two later, it's like love again. It's like nothing ever happened. So it was like that constant cycle of like fight and then push things under the rug and then that rug just becomes so filled with all the shit and then it just comes out again so that there was on one end and on the other end (laughs) what I saw was um someone being respectful to women as far as like how they approach them I was talking about my dad because I'm saying women now but (laughs) (laughs) but like you know I've seen how he approached them and this, I never really has seen any chaos when it came to like my dad, but he had a lot of women and he's been honest about that on the podcast before. If you haven't uh, listened to the father episode <laughs> and he uh, had a lot of women, of course we were, and these women were you know cool as women, like they were spoiler. So we didn't think like, shit, we get to have all this stuff, but you know, as I got older, I'm like, damn, my daddy was with a lot of different women. Um, so he couldn't commit, <laughs> you know, he couldn't be um, honest about what he needed or whatever he was that he was working through. So those are my two models of relationships. And seeing that mostly with my mom, because she was the person I stayed with, um, seeing how my mom navigated relationships and her experiences, um, I remember thinking as a kid, I'm never <laughs> going to be in relationships with somebody that's putting their hands on me and calling me out my name and just all this chaos, like always bickering, always loud, um, always arguing. And and honestly, I'm I'm happy to say I haven't been in a relationship that was physically abusive. 
Uh, I never could see how like mental abuse, like somebody manipulating, has definitely shown up. But um, as far as like the chaos, that wasn't a thing for me and my the two significant relationships I've had. And um, I also think as a kid, I didn't understand that you can be hurt in more ways than one. <laughs> so I think that growing up, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be abused. I'm going to have great relationships. I'm going to have the healthiest relationships. I'm going to be the one that models what a relationship should look like. So I'm putting all this little pressure on myself as a little kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm going to be the one, you know. I'm going to be the one that thrives in love. Um, so I was very hopeful. And I think the way that I operated was, okay, if there's chaos, if I grew up seeing chaos and my and delicious my mom had, I'm gonna be the opposite. I'm gonna be peace. And I thought that peace was um matter of fact, let me let me get my my little uh hold on, where is it? <laughs> you know, sometimes you be journaling, you be like, what the hell did I even say? But like I thought that peace was like not being confrontational, you know, like keeping my feelings in, like, don't say anything that may make the other person mad. Like, I thought all these things were peace, and it actually was not, like, but, you know, I was young. I didn't really know, you know, what else to do, like I said, because these are the certain things that have been, certain things that have been modeled to me. So I thought that, you know, if I just stay quiet about things that were bothering me, or if I didn't show any emotion because oh women are so emotional and make everything so difficult if I didn't do any of those things I'm gonna have peace I ain't gonna have chaos mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's not obviously you know that's just that just wasn't it um but in my young mind that's what I thought it was and that's how I operated in my romantic relationships uh especially the first one the second one I definitely tried to make change because I noticed like no, nah, I'm not going to hold in my feelings. Like, let's work through shit. Like, if something comes up for us, let's, let's, let's work through it. Um, let's be honest about what's going on with the, with us or within our relationship. But definitely my first one, I was, <laughs> I would have my tears. I'd be in my college daughter, like, prime. I would never show that person I was with that, um, that I was not satisfied in our relationship. Or I felt like I couldn't show up emotionally or mean or emotionally or just authentically because I was in people pleasing mode as well so um so that's the start of like how childhood wounds kind of showed up you know um in my romantic relationships that's deep that's deep as I was listening to you talk like a lot of different things came up like my mom was all over the place um but one thing, like uh, the statement going back to like our parents being our first role models, I feel like I had many people in my life because like, I don't know, my family wasn't like big, but it was in certain senses. Like my immediate family was a little bit extended. So it's like mom, dad, OK, and me before my sister came, you know, for nine years. But then it's like my grandparents, they kids that my aunts, uncles, those close people, like I saw them frequently. Like it wasn't like only at the family reunion I'm seeing these people like I saw them probably like on a weekly maybe bi-weekly basis so it's pretty frequent that I saw all my aunts and uncles my immediate family uh at least that's you know our definition of immediate so it's just like I also got to see how they operated in relationships because they brought their little people around you know their partners or whoever and I just remember like a lot of the women in my family being like no nonsense you know later on learning that 
I think that stemmed from like just sexual trauma that runs in the family that I'm learning about my own family, uh, especially on like my mother's side. The men, I don't hear too much, but there have been instances where it's just like there could have been some type of violation of of them as children. But, you know, men don't really talk about that much. So I don't really get a lot of the details, but very clear that something could have happened. Um, and so, mm-hmm. you know, thinking about that, like a lot of my um, family members, the women were fighters. They like fighting me and like ain't no domestic violence. You fight back and then you you, <laughs> you make that phone call and hey, whatever's going to be going to be. So it's like I grew right. up thinking like. Baby, I wish you would because you were phone call away from who knows what, you know. So it's just like that's kind of how my model was that I didn't fear. Uh, I never had the thought of what if I get beat or anything because, like, all the women I knew, like I said, they was fighters outside of like, uh, you know, recently learning one of my grandparents was like abused and even like the domestic, like being raped in a marriage. People don't talk about that, you know. And so mm-hmm. just seeing how like my dad and um, his brothers and them like having to fight their own father at certain times because of different things that were coming up in the home. So it's like um, I got so many different examples of like that physical violence, like you were talking about physical violence happened automatically. There's psychological and emotional abuse that happens, too, that people don't talk about. Like it all goes hand in hand. I feel like once one precedes the other. Uh, I don't think a person that's emotionally abused is more likely to get physically, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm just saying that I feel like physical abuse, though, is like the one that everything else will follow. I, I've yeah. never seen it not. Um, and so I was thinking about that and how um, in relationships, if a person dealt with anger, yelled at me or anything, like I can't remember even having those moments because I'm like the moment I saw something that I wasn't comfortable with, I was gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like <laughs> I was out. There was no negotiation. Like, I'm not talking through things. Uh, I'm keeping it pushing because my thing was I saw too many people in my life hurt. I don't want to be hurt. And so now I think I show up as this person who's like constantly in fight or flight mode. And because I ain't got time to be fighting nobody and I, I value people's lives, I usually <laughs> I'm usually just the person that flees. Like, I'm not yeah. I can be committed to you until you're not doing what you need to do. And whatever you need to do is only, of course, dependent upon what I think that is. Right. So if my expectation is, well, even though the people in my family might have had some unhealthy relationships, one thing they did was talk every day. So it's like, oh, if I don't talk to you for three days, I'm single. They used to be my mindset. Like, I don't care what happened, where you was at. I'm a, I'm big on communication. That's the one thing I am big on because that's the one thing I saw is that no matter what, whether it was good, bad, the ugly, communication was at the forefront of every relationship. And so I even thought about that as you were talking. And I think another thing that came up for me was thinking about how um, conflict was handled. And I never saw conflict handled, which is why I flee. So it's like there's a as there's conflict, you don't engage in it. Everybody's silent or everybody's numbing or everybody's doing something that's unhealthy to not talk about the issue. And so what happens then? The issue continues to come up. It continues to show up. And so, you know, you're thinking about a child who has adults coming to talk to them. I'm talking like seven seven and nine and I got people 35 and up coming to talk to me about marriages and who cheating on who and who's sleeping with who what am, what do I know between the ages of seven and nine about infidelity not yeah. nothing you know what I'm saying but yet these people were leaning on me for support and I just remember feeling like they think I'm an adult I'm a big girl you know being happy and proud and then looking back now like that was not okay like yeah. 
That's they needed lie. some help. You said, I'm saying like yeah. that was heavy, but me as a child, you, I ain't paying no bills. I'm carefree. I don't look at how heavy that is versus now, you know, I have the language to say like, listen, I love you, auntie. I can't hold space for you though. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Seven-year-old Vic was not saying this. It's like, girl, why why are you still here with him? And that's my cousin though. You better leave him. Well, so-and-so would have did this. I, I would have smacked him because this is the type of stuff I'm seeing and hearing about. So it's just like, I'm just thinking about like, wow, like, I really have never had to handle conflict in relationships. And so when I do, I'm very uncomfortable because mm-hmm. it's just like, as a child, what do I see? Y'all get into it. Somebody leave. Somebody go drink. Y'all get into it. Somebody punch a hole in the wall. Y'all get into it. Oh, I'm going to call my son to go handle this problem. Like it never was any healthy conflict management. And mm-hmm. so I truly had to do some work to not be that person. But is like only important to me now that I'm like wanting to settle down, wanting to start a family, wanting to get serious about a partner. And I'm like, I got to do the work for me because I've done a lot of work for myself outside of romantic relationships just so I can have healthy platonic relationships. But romantically, I'm like, I'm terrified of being in a relationship because I'm like, I don't want to hurt people. That's always been my thing. I don't want to hurt somebody. So I'm going to leave before I can hurt them or before they can hurt me. Yeah, that's real. Yeah, I, I've actually, <laughs> I've heard that a lot in, in dating as well. It's like, I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to hurt nobody. Or I don't want to do the wrong thing. Like, a lot of fear. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's um, yeah, just a lot of fear that keeps us from having the things that we truly want. Um, and I think that fear, like, you kind of go back to what you were saying, that fear comes from, like, not knowing how to repair shit if you do go left, you know? Um, and that is something that we haven't been taught, at least me and you speaking, like for us, like it seemed like there's something that we haven't been taught, just like how to repair. I mean, obviously certain things, certain people you, you just, (laughs) is it even possible or even the best decision to repair something with somebody that's never intended on bringing joy or, you know, bringing joy or peace to your life and only pain. Um, so it's just, you just really have to, um, have discernment around that. But, but yeah, growing up, it, it's, it definitely has a lot to do with, you know, how we show up in romantic relationships, at least for me. Um, and I, I ended up finding that page. It wasn't in my journal. It was in my iPad because <laughs> I was going to talk about it in therapy. But, uh, but yeah, I think that, um, I had put down that since I grew up in a chaotic environment, there was like, and when I say chaotic, it means like, you just never really know. It's <laughs> just like, it was like beautiful and great days where everybody is just like family or in a family oriented space. And like, we're going out, we hanging out, we're doing great fun things, going to like amusement parks and the zoo, like just having like those family outings and just having fun movie nights and stuff. And then there would be on the other hand, it was just like, shit would just blow up and it's just like you a kid being put in the middle of it because you're witnessing it or somebody's telling you go call the police and it's just like damn like <laughs> like that's what I mean by chaotic it's just what's up and down so coming from a chaotic environment or household and seeing arguing and fighting and me being a kid being like I'm gonna have the opposite of that which is a you know that was my attempt to have you know trying to do different which I think is nothing wrong with that but like I said I didn't know what that would look like I always thought like you know men not putting their hands on me they're not calling me bitches and calling me on my name and all this different stuff right. or they not you know you know blah 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 I'm like okay I'm good then 
And I haven't had no experience, but I still feel pain in relationships. So it's just like, I try to, just go back to what I was saying, like I thought that peace meant conflict avoidant, downplaying my emotions, not expressing my needs or my pain. I also wrote down ideals versus reality. I think my peace, I thought that if I stay in like la-la land, if I like ignore the red flags, if I was in like this hopeless romantic, like you have a lot of peace thinking about those things. But in reality, that just wasn't it. So um, I think that that's my attempt of trying to like, oh, if I stayed in this, this, in this space, then I'll have that peace. If I stay focused on those, the things that I wanted and dreamed of, like I have that peace. And one thing I didn't mention was like growing up, I was considered like the good kid, the golden child, um, because, you know, in chaotic environments or when my siblings would have their own things going on, I just didn't want to add extra stress to my parents. So I was very obedient, (laughs) you know, like I did what I was supposed to. I didn't want to make my mom like I'm going to go back home. And my sister would be like, I, I'm going to go and chill with my friends. I'd be like, fuck. And then my mom would be like, where your sister? And I'd be like, shit, I don't want to stitch on my sister. And my mama mad as fuck. So it was just like all these different things where like I was considered like the golden child and did the right thing all the time. But that transition to me being the golden girlfriend, <laughs> just like those <laughs> same behaviors and me being obedient and not talking back and like, not wanting to add additional stress. So I went from good kid, golden child to good girlfriend, golden girlfriend. And I didn't really trip off how they're related to each other, you know, um, until like I started really reflecting on, you know, how childhood wounds and experiences um, contribute to how I showed up in romantic relationships. So that was something else that I, um, that I started to notice as I was processing yeah, that's what's up that you even had enough awareness to process, you know what I'm saying, to go ahead and journal and try to get to the root of these things. Because you see a lot of people come into relationships making excuses, yeah. you know, I always say, well, that's, my daddy was like that or my mom was like this. So that's just the way I am. But it's yeah. not the way you have to be. Yeah. And people choosing to stay stuck is stay uncomfortable. Like even my therapist now that I see him telling me like, yes, my dad. I saw how my dad was with women and that's how I became. He said, I didn't know I had a problem or that I was mistreating women until a woman smacked me. You know, him being honest about that. And that was like, dang, okay. Like, you my therapist. You know what I'm saying? Like, you could be honest and real and, and just be, like, some people want you to think that they had it all together the whole time. Yeah. And they mm-hmm. become these experts. You're like, nah, sis, what really happened? I need to know how you got here because <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just believe everybody's on a journey for some reason. Like, yeah, not everybody is just I don't know, at the place that they want to be. People don't just start off like, oh, I was always good at relationships. It was other people that was problems. And some people think that. And hey, if that's your story, <laughs> kudos to you. I just feel like when I hear things like that, I'm always looking for like, mm, what's the catch? What really went down? Because I feel like nobody's perfect. And we shouldn't have to be. Even when you do do the work, you do get to a place where you can show up better. It doesn't mean there's not room for improvement. It doesn't mean you won't have an argument in your relationship. Like there's so many different things that we can always expound upon and I think people forget that and think that you know some people still have this idea that healed is a thing like you're fully healed and it's the stopping point no healed ed does not exist we're all constantly going to be in a space of healing something like yes we'll be in healthier spaces and that's a thing but 
nobody's ever going to be perfect. You know, we just all Mm -hmm. figuring things out as we go, because each person that we encounter is going to challenge us in a different way. You know, I got people who've called me a heartbreaker and I'm like, to this day, that message has been internalized that, dang, I'm a heartbreaker. And so what does that mean? That means now I don't want to get into relationships because people are going to think I'm a heartbreaker. Or I'm asking mm-hmm. people, you had your heart broke yet? Because I can't be the first one. Like, who asks people that? <laughs> but that's the type of questions I was asking. Still, my young mind, we talking like middle school days. I'm asking people, have they dated people? Asking them to, like, go out and explore, then come back to me just in case because I don't want to be that girl that breaks your heart and then ruins it for every other girl afterwards. And me breaking hearts wasn't because I was out here cheating or doing anything abusive. It was simply because whatever fear and commitment issues that I hold on to from things that I've seen did not allow me to stay with people for too long. It, it was a point. It always reached a point to where I'm like, ooh, they getting a little annoying. They getting clingy. I'm bored. And now I get bored easily. So now I've taken that message and internalized that. And then the cycle continues. Mm-hmm. It's real. I think that... um. I don't know. I think even like romantic relationships, it's they I think at least for me, they they always end up like recreating a wound or a scenario that we felt in the past or like somebody will remind you of something or whatever it may be. Because like I mentioned, my first relationship, I was like golden girlfriend, <laughs> you know, operating in this space. But when I got into my second relationship, um. I think I was more intentional about showing up authentically. And I think because that person inspired me to, because they were so themselves that it allowed me to be like, okay, it's safe here to to show up authentically. So I was showing my emotional self um, and being more vulnerable and like not feeling like, you know, someone would take advantage of that. um, I was just, I think I was just in a better place um in my journey where I was just like I'm okay with who I am and I can show up this way and uh and for my partner to fully receive that at that time and but (laughs) how they ended was that that same betrayal I felt as a kid happened in their relationship as far as um I guess the betrayal of like not showing up for me when I needed them most when I was going through the most pain or I was most in pain that they found a way to betray me during that time. And there was the same thing happened in my childhood. So like even linking those two, uh, just seeing how those two were the same thing is just in a, in a, in a different way. Uh, but the wound was still the, you know, it was still the betrayal of it and having to navigate that in. All right, y'all, we are going to pause right here. Stay tuned for part two of this episode as Vic and I continue to share how we are navigating love and dating and just how therapy has helped us to understand ourselves and how we show up in romantic relationships. Remember, the journey is never complete and we'll be here next week. Bye.